Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. I am really, really excited to have my friend Mia here. This is a long time coming. I'm really excited to have her here for a day in the life of a nutritionist episode. If you've ever listened to one of these episodes, it's where I talk to nutritionists who are working in the field to ask them all about how they started their business, how they set up their business and what they're currently doing. So you get to kind of have a sneak peek of what's going on in someone else's business. So let me just tell you a little bit about Mia. Mia Giomi from Wise and Wonder is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, certified holistic nutritionist, and gut health and stress hormone specialist. Mia helps folks struggling with chronic digestive issues and burnout restore their digestion and recharge their energy using an investigative root cause approach so that they can finally feel like themselves again. 15 plus years of chronic digestive issues and eventually experiencing burnout herself led Mia to take her health into her own hands, becoming certified as a nutritionist. She now supports folks going through similar experiences where she is able to marry her formal education with her personal experience, lending empathy and understanding to better support her clients' outcomes and bring an additional layer of care to her work. Mia's worked with dozens of one-on-one clients where she's been able to help them uncover contributors to their health concerns and co-create healing plans that feel practical, realistic, and aligned with her clients' values with an emphasis on sustainable long-term results. She currently lives in Collingwood, Ontario, and serves clients internationally through her virtual practice. Welcome to the podcast, Mia. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, Steph. Yes, like you said, it's such a long time coming. I'm really, really excited to chat with you today. I know. I when I'm thinking of who I wanted to have on the podcast for the fall and beyond, I was like, wait, has Mia been on the podcast yet? How has she not been on? Like you should have been top of the list. So I'm so excited to have you on. I've been such a fan of your business for so long, you know, watching you kind of from the more beginning stages to really grow to where you are today as a practitioner and um, add so much, you know, uh, value and education to your own practice and really help all of your clients. So I think it's going to be a real treat for you to share today. Um, Yeah. How you started your business and where you are now. So um, why don't we just jump right in and can you just let everybody know, like what even brought you to nutrition to begin with? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I have a pretty similar story. I think to like a lot of practitioners, <laughs> right. Who get into this space. Um, yeah. So I actually, for my whole life, I actually wanted to be an architect. That was like my dream career. Um, so that's what I studied in university. That's what I like the field that I worked in for a number of years. Um, but health and wellness was always like kind of part of my life. I was always like a really active kid. Um, you know, my, my health and my well-being was always like of importance to me. And that's something that like in my spare time, I would do a lot of, you know, like reading up on and stuff. Um, but I've struggled, like I mentioned in my bio, um, like I struggled with health issues for as long as I could remember, like, like as far back as I have recollection of being a kid, I had like chronic gut issues, like 
constipation. I was diagnosed with GERD, like gastroesophageal mm-hmm. reflux disease at 14, which is like pretty young. I thought, mm-hmm. um, I was on PPIs for like five, six years. I was sick all the time. I had surgeries. I was on like antibiotics for UTIs and strep throat, like all that stuff. Um, and it just like, I don't know, throughout university, I was living a pretty classic, unhealthy, like university kid lifestyle, you know, like going out a lot, pulling all nighters, drinking lots of energy drinks and processed food. And I was like over exercising and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, my health like really took a turn for the worst, probably around that time. And then, yeah, it ultimately just led to like burnout and a bunch of stuff. And, um, at that point when I was like really unwell, I was like, okay, I need to do something about this. And I went the conventional route that I think most of us do, you know, going to see my doctor and getting Mm -hmm. referred to specialists and having tests done and like all that stuff. Um, and like many people didn't find answers, uh, going down that route, which is when I kind of turned to, um, more holistic practices, seeing naturopaths, nutritionists, doing a lot, a lot of research on my own. Uh, and I just fell in love with it. Like it was all I wanted to do in my spare time was, you know, read up on things. And even when I was working at the architecture firm, like anytime I could pop in a podcast, it was always like a health related one and it was just whatever. So, um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to test this out and, and see how it goes. And I ended up signing up for IHN in Toronto. I did like the one year expedited program and I just, fall in love with it. And I, I was like, this is, this is what I need to be doing. So now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And did you even think about nutrition being your business, like before going into school or during school, or was it not until you were like done the program that you're like, I could actually maybe help other people with this? Yeah. I think I went into it with the idea that I likely wanted to do something within the health and wellness space. I don't think I no, I knew, I know for a fact, I didn't think I was actually going to practice as like a clinician or a practitioner. Um, I thought I wanted to go more into like the lifestyle or maybe even like product space. Uh, and then the majority of it to the intention was just to, um, you know, learn for myself and, um, try to get a better understanding of how I could support my health and recovery. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it was more like after the fact and just the timing, which was really interesting, which I'm sure will get into like I graduated right before COVID hit mm. so it was like a really interesting time to be like okay I guess I'm gonna practice now you know um <laughs> yeah but yeah no. business <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah no I think I went into it with a bit of like an open mind and just like I'm gonna do this for myself and see what happens but I absolutely fell in love with with this field yeah and really like I remember that that's around the time that you had graduated and started your business. But really, when you think about it, that's like two to two-ish plus yeah. years ago. Like you've done so, so much and you've really like grown uh, a very solid business, at least from an outside perspective. And obviously we're going to get into it a lot more to see kind of the inner workings of your business. But the fact, you know, really just to look back, like it's been just over two years, like you have done so many things. So you know, kind of to backtrack before we get into the the weeds with it all. Um, how did you even start your nutrition business? Like, okay, you graduated, it's like pandemic time. Like what were those first <laughs> steps? Um, if you can remember, like, did you just start taking clients right away? Were you working on your website? What, what were you doing? Yeah, it was actually like prepping for this interview was such a great exercise because I'm so that person who will like complete a task, get a project done, hit a milestone. And then I'm like, okay, what's like the next thing that I can do to, you know, just kind of like keep pushing forward. And I never reflect back on what I've done or like sit with celebrating any accomplishments. So this was like a really, thank you, like a really great exercise for me to be like, I have done all this stuff, you know, in the (laughs) last two years or so. 
um, yeah, it's wild. Like I'm sure for everybody, like the last couple of years has just been such a, a blur, um, just with life, but yeah, definitely in business. So I actually pulled out, I have like my old journal from 2020. So I started, I think I registered my business in like February, 2020. Like that's when I got my master business license. So that was probably the first thing I did was I in school, I came up with my business name just to get like an Instagram off the ground. So I was doing a little bit of posting while I was still studying. Um, so I had that kind of up and running and then I would have registered my business name, business bank account was also one of the first things I did, which I'm so grateful to, I don't know who put that seed in my ear to like do that first and foremost, but, um, so I got like my business credit card, my business account set up and then yeah, my website, which I know is like, um, yeah, some people say like, that's a great way to go to get started. And then other people are like, you don't need a website to get started. So whatever, but I have a, I have, um, like a background in graphic design. That was a big part of like the schooling that I did in architecture and stuff. So, um, I'm, I, I love that side of things. So I think for me, that was kind of like a really fun project to get started with. Um, yeah. So like I started with my website, um, I started with, getting some sort of lead magnet in place. Like I think mm-hmm. I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure I was like scouring blogs and YouTube and stuff at that mm-hmm. time, right. Just like how to start a business. And you and I had connected and we had our like power hour session together. And at that time I was like, okay, I need to get my email list going. So I made a lead magnet mm-hmm. on my website. Um, and then you and I actually talked about in our power hour, um, like what type of services I was going to offer. So at that point, um, when I first started, I actually offered packages right from the get-go. So I didn't have just like, um, like one-off appointments. Um, I think I knew right from the beginning that it wouldn't be as profitable as, as doing, um, you know, uh, packages. So I think I had a six week and a 12 week to start, um, which felt good. And, but it did take me some time. And I think with like layered on top of that COVID happened right away. And I kind of like fell into practicing as a clinician. Like I, I, I think at the time I was even trying to put resumes together to try to find jobs, like coming out of school, like before COVID really, you know, shut things down. And then when COVID really shut things down, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to like try doing this thing like online and see what happens. I was lucky. I was still working part-time for the architecture firm. So I had something to just kind of keep my head above water. Um, But yeah, so I think I did a lot of like that backend foundational stuff first before I really pushed to start getting clients. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I have a few questions. Okay. First off, did you decide to go with, um, registering your business as like a sole proprietor? Did you incorporate your business? Just cause you mentioned business bank account, which I am definitely a fan of, but I think some people get confused. They're like, okay, do I have to have a business bank account? Like, I know if you're incorporated, it is required, but you know, it's a smart mm. business decision, even if you're a sole proprietor. So I'm kind of just wondering like the logistics of like how you decided to set or what you decided to set up and how you did that? Yeah. So I registered as a sole proprietor, um, just because I think through some of the research I'd done and my dad's, um, like my father's a business owner himself. So him and I had a lot of conversations about it. And the conclusion that I had come to is that, um, you know, you kind of incorporate once you hit certain financial milestones where it makes sense for tax purposes. Um, so I decided to start with a sole proprietorship, but yeah, getting, I think it was, such an amazing move to get my bank account set up right from the get-go because it just makes bookkeeping and accounting and tax time so much smoother versus in, like you know uh incorpor- not incorporating um versus um 
using your personal bank account for business purposes, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm still a sole proprietor now. I think once my business gets to a point where financially it makes sense to incorporate to then, um, you know, have t- different tax benefits and that kind of thing, then I'll incorporate. But right now it works. And I just, you know, I have my insurance, like my liability insurance. So God forbid, you know, anything ever happened, like I feel pretty safe and protected with, um, yeah, what I've done. I think it was like a good place for me to start. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that too. I know I can't maybe put you on the spot a bit to have to explain the inner workings, but I think it's good because some people I think get stuck at that point and they're like, Mm. I don't want to make the wrong decision. And they spend so much time researching, which I think is a very smart idea, but you know, kind of like the mentality you took of like starting, I guess, with sole proprietor or like, or smaller to then know that you can always, um, change to a different business model later on, but then having those, um, safeguards in place like insurance and and the bank account. Yeah. Again, because technically at least here in Canada, you don't as a sole proprietor have to have like a business bank account, but I think it's a very smart business move because, um, your bank account can get very messy if it's like personal and business and paying things out. And yeah, God forbid you get um, audited at some point. We just yeah. want to keep it clean. So I'm really happy to hear that you did that and you kind of spent that time on the business foundation. And um, and then you moved on to the website and, and doing a lead magnet. Um, so how much time would you say that you maybe spent on like the foundation of the business before or I guess this is like a double question. Like, I'm curious if you like did all that stuff and then started posting on social and bringing on clients, or did you do it all at the same time? Like, what was the timeline like there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. I think I tried to do like all the things somewhat simultaneously. Like, I think I was, um, you know, I remember COVID hit, I was living in Toronto. I went to my parents' house for a few months because we were like, didn't know what was happening in the world. And I remember just like plugging away at their dining room table <laughs> for like months and months. So it was probably like a good three, four, five months that I really dedicated to doing all those foundational things. Like, yeah, like the website, the lead magnet, the email list, like getting, trying to get some sort of consistent marketing strategy, whatever, you know, going while also trying to market myself to, to get clients in the door. I do remember like, I have such a poor memory and this, I feel like this feels like a long time ago, but, um, I think like it, it took time for me to get my first client in the door and then my second and then my third. And then I started, um, you know, sharing more about the behind the scenes, sharing testimonials that I got. And then it, you know, the snowball effect kind of like really aids in that over time, but it did take, it did take time. Yeah. Um, you know, to see, see kind of like first few clients come through the door. Um, I don't know, looking back, maybe I could have focused. I was also, you know, I knew nothing about sales. I have had zero sales experience in my background. Um, you know, getting comfortable on camera, especially on Instagram and online and putting yourself out there. Like, I think I had to really get over that kind of first hump and get comfortable. And then, you know, things started flowing a lot easier from there. Um, but yeah, just that, that learning curve was so steep from the get-go. Cause it's, you know, I'm sure like yourself and, and many people who'd be listening into this, like it's the first time you do a lot of this stuff. Right. So it's just like, um, yeah, I think it took a little while to kind of like really get my, my groove going and kind of get over that first like hump of, of learning, you know? 
yeah, get your footing, feel comfortable, kind of probably totally. show you, oh, I can do this. Like, you know, I'm making momentum yep. and moving forward. And I'm kind of curious, I assume I know your answer here, but I think this would be helpful for everyone to hear. <laughs> um, let us know, like once you created your website and you created your lead magnet, is it kind of like a set it and forget it and it's done and you don't go back to it or refine it or look at it? Or do you find that like you're kind of constantly going back to the website and updating it and, you know, improving upon it or changing things around and same with your lead magnet. I'm just really wanting you to share maybe with people, like if, you know, business is like a work in progress and you're always going to be going mm-hmm. back and updating, or if it's like you did it once you checked it off and it's never going to be touched again. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely tinker with all the things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like, you have to find uh, a place where Okay. So short answer. Yes. I'm always updating and improving where I can. And I think part of it is that I'm learning how to get more clear on my messaging or, um, you know, my copywriting is improving as I practice or I make, you know, obviously changes and I need to change things on my website. So I'm always updating, but then I try not to go, um, so far in that and, and use that as an excuse to like, not do the important things, you know, like, I think you need to find a bit of a happy medium where you're updating the things that are important and that are going to help increase profits and and increase revenue for you. Um, but not getting sucked into like the little things that are just like good enough, good enough to be out in the world, you know, and and focus more on like the important things that are building relationships and, um, making sales and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's definitely, it's always, even now, like I started with two lead magnets. One of them I've since removed from my website because it's not quite aligned to the type of um, client I'm trying to attract and bring into my business. So I'm actually currently, hopefully this week, I'll get it done, like developing a new uh, lead magnet that's uh, a little more geared to the type of people I'm, I'm trying to attract in. Um, yes, it's totally always a work in, in progress. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I think such a good point about like, trying to really do the tasks that are going to bring in profit. Um, because at the end of the day, this is a business and you could spend believe me, I have spent (laughs) on my website, you know, tweaking it to things that like probably the average daily person is not going to even realize. It's more for me Mm -hmm. as my like perfectionist self wanting to make it hundred percent perfect. Um, and really put something out that I'm like, okay, there are no flaws here, but like no one would ever realize if they're even was. Um, so I think it's like really just doing the things that are going to make a big difference, like make, and I would love to kind of hear your input on this, but off the top of my head, it'd be like making sure, you know, if putting your prices on your website are important to you, like being, having that there and being transparent about that or um, updating that as you change prices, having buttons across your website where people can book in discovery calls or learn more or updating something like your I help statement, or maybe even like um, the explanation of what you do, because that's where people are going to first land and really kind of assess if this is right for them. Is there anything else you can kind of think of that you will go back to your website and tweak to make sure it's kind of up to date? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Like all the, all the buttons, all the call to actions to, um, really highlight what you want, whoever's landing there to take the next, like what they, you want that next step for them to take to be, uh, sorry, that was a whole, whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, whatever, just getting clear on, on what the next step is for whoever's landing on that page. Right. Um, and then yeah, prices like updates as I, you know, I developed 
So I started with that six week and 12 week program. And over the last, you know, two years, I've since really developed like a really awesome one-on-one program for myself. So my sales page has developed so much over the last two years, because as I'm making changes to my offers, I'm updating, obviously what the sales page says, who it's geared towards my, I help statement, right. Um, weaving in a lot of the language that my client base uses so that my clients and prospective clients can see themselves in the offers that I have. And yeah, just obviously updating, um, you know, what the offers entail and, um, what the outcomes look like, what the benefits look like. So a lot of that, yeah, like I guess sales copy are things that I'm constantly, not constantly, but frequently updating. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's like the more you can, um, maybe like update or refine things to make it as clear as possible and as direct as possible so that they're like, yep, this is me. They can see themselves in whatever you're saying and they know what next step to take. I think that's like perfect. So that's what I'm always like reworking, right? Is Mm -hmm. am I talking to the person I want to talk to and do they know what to do next? And am I inviting them to work with me? Right. Too, you know? Yeah. I love that. And that makes it like really simple as like, okay, if I make sure those, you know, two or three things I am doing very well, then I don't have to worry about the rest unless like I'm doing like a massive, you know, upgrade to the website, you know, then I go in and rewrite my about me, but you know, good is good enough. It's fine right now. It's not affecting the overall kind of sales process for the business. And I just need to get something up there and get it done. So yeah, doing kind of those things that are going to make the most difference and for the user that's going to land on the website. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. Now, even just listening to you, I'm like, obviously, like, you know, with your background, probably in graphic design and architecture, and it sounds like you have some knowledge around marketing. um, And you've definitely gained some, I'm sure over the last couple of years, but it also does sound like you understand sales a whole lot more. And you understand kind of like this journey that someone might go through to like landing on the website and, you know, how to get them to maybe even book a discovery call. Um, I'd love for you to talk about investing in your business, if you're open to that, because that's something I really admired um, about you is, you know, even early on, you know, being just a couple of years in, you've been very open and, and smart with investing in the right programs to help your business move along. So maybe if you want to share like what you have invested in or like the type of programs you've invested in and maybe like um, how that's helped your business move forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for I think for the first probably like six months to a year, I did a lot of going down YouTube rabbit holes and reading blog posts and really trying to like piecemeal and DIY stuff together. And I still do a lot of that now. Um, But I think right from the start, I was really um, keen to invest in things that would make my life easier and or save me time or money. So 
um, I think even one of the first things I did, which I didn't mention, but was like, I got practice better set up right away. Like before I even saw a single client, I went in there, I like automated as much as I could. I set everything up. Um, I know it's free for your first three clients, but I was like, nope, this is something that even if once I have to pay, I don't even know what the lowest tier is. Maybe it's 20 bucks a month or something like that. I was like, that's something that I'm ready and willing to do because I don't want to have to, um, spend the, the time piecemealing together, like all these different things and, and whatever. So I think, um, one of the big, one of the most, I guess, significant investments I made or a few of them were in the software that I use. Um, right. So yeah, practice better. I started using full script right away, Squarespace for my website, um, and then Flowdesk for my email. So those are probably the first like few things that I got started with. And, you know, that probably put me out about maybe like just under a hundred bucks a month or like a hundred bucks a month or something to start. Um, and that was before like months and months before I was seeing clients. Right. So that was out of pocket for me. At least I was working part-time at the firm. So I had, um, you know, a bit, a bit of money to kind of invest in, um, in my business. So I think that was like the first place I started was, um, with software to help me. And then I got to, yeah, I got to a point where I felt like I was, um, it was really, really clear to me that sales and then kind of marketing, but mostly sales was the biggest area that I needed help with. Um, I felt like I could kind of figure out, yeah, like the, the website side of things like that stuff. I feel like I'm naturally pretty good at, but, uh, sales is, does not come that naturally <laughs> to me. Maybe now it does, but definitely not, a, you know, two years ago. Um, so I think, um, oh no, one of the first things I invested in was with you. We had that, we had that like one-on-one session together actually, which helped a lot with, um, I don't know if you remember stuff that was like two plus years ago now, but we talked a lot about just like, um, all the kind of foundational stuff. And I'm sure this was like during the time when I was building all that, but we were talking about funnels. We were talking about Mm -hmm. content strategy where you helped me, you know, come up with my six and my 12 week, uh, package. So that was really helpful to just have someone like you who was, experience just be like okay these are like the different areas in your business you need to be kind of like thinking about um so that was really helpful just to have someone kind of be like let's distill all this stuff you're like reading blogs about and (laughs) there's a few things (laughs) that you can like focus on you know yeah Yeah. um so that was really great and then yeah I finally like arrived at this place where I was like okay I know sales is the one thing that's holding me back from making sales in my business Mm -hmm. Um, so that was one of the first things that I, like one of the biggest, um, first big investments that I made in my business outside of software, uh, was hiring a sales coach. So I joined a group program, um, that helped, yeah, essentially teach me everything I needed to know about making sales, how to do it in a really good way that didn't like manipulate or pressure, you know, whoever it was that I was, uh, you know, potentially, um, trying to work with and that. I think really, um, not expedited. I don't know. It it really, it was, it was exactly what I knew I needed at that time, what I knew I needed help with. And I feel like that was such a big game changer for me and my business. So, um, yeah, I think like recognizing where your, um, what's the word blind spot or not blind spot, but yeah, like blind spot or like bottleneck or wherever, you know, you're like, I don't want to say like weak spot, but like, that was it for me. I knew like, that's what I need help with. Cause I had no experience in that. And obviously as a business owner, you need to know how to make sales, especially in the line of work that we're in. Um, so I knew that was like 
where I needed help. And I felt, even though it was terrifying to make, you know, a financial investment into, into something like that from such an early place in business, um, I knew that that would be something that would provide me dividends for my whole career in this work, you know? So, um, yeah, it was really daunting, but it was something that I was like, okay, I know I could probably have figured it out on my own if I like kept at YouTube for, you know, maybe a couple of years or something, but, um, it felt like a good trade-off, you know, in terms of like time and money to just invest in getting some help in that. And I think it like really helped me move the needle for sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I think it's even a good reminder that what we're doing, you know, as nutritionists is asking our clients to invest in us to help them move the needle faster. So to even invest in ourselves, not that that you have to do that in order to help other people do that, but it Mm -hmm. does give you that understanding of like, you know, it is a lot to invest financially and it does bring up certain emotions and you do have to work through, you know, is this valuable? Is it going to help me? So kind of to even have that perspective of like, okay, I know my potential client is also going through that kind of battle with like, is this worthwhile Mm -hmm. for me? And, and learning how to relate to that and come from early, like, um, genuine, like human place of like, okay, yeah. like we're all trying to make the best decisions that we can for ourselves. Um, and obviously you've gone through that in your business and it, and I love knowing, I mean, I know more about the program that you took and who you took that with. And I, and I'm such a big fan of the approach that that coach takes because it is very like a human first approach with sales. And I think that's, what's missing mm-hmm. so much not to go into a whole other topic or rant here. I'm sure you yeah, and I yeah, could yeah. have a whole podcast conversation <laughs> on, on like ethical sales, but I think there's so much, um, noise in the online industry yeah. and people feel so weird and icky about selling their services. And there's one way to do it kind of more that like grow marketing way for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, or there's a way of doing it that feels really good. And I think that's, to me, what you seem to learn from that program. And would you say that you feel more comfortable selling and relating to people on discovery calls now? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, it feels, it doesn't like, it doesn't feel like selling, I guess. I don't know. Like it's obviously sales, but I think it's, um, there's definitely like a mutual respect and a mutual interest in the other person's well being And, um, yeah, it just makes it feel easier and more fun and more lighthearted and like a little bit less like stressful and like that I'm trying to like manipulate people or trying to be sneaky about the approach that I'm taking to just like get people to pay me money. It's not like that at all, right? There's like a genuine mutual respect. I know that what I can offer people can be really life-changing and I'm really happy to, you know, share that with people if it resonates and if it feels good to them and if it doesn't like that's totally okay too, you know. So, um yeah, I think I've like really come a long way with that and it feels good now, which I think it can and it like should, you know, for both parties. So um, yeah, it's really cool. I love that so much because then I think people feel that, right? People are attracted to that like good energy, someone that knows or that loves what they do, that knows that their program can help and it's just there to say like, hey, if this is a fit, great. And I'd love to work with you. If not, that's totally fine. Or maybe there's someone better that could help you and let me refer out. Exactly. You know, so I think that's just like such a good way of doing business. And I think that requires like a lot of um, confidence in yourself and your abilities, but also um, like some security, I guess, in knowing that like, okay, I might not be the best person to help in some situations and that's okay. And I built up this community of other practitioners that I can refer out to. So I guess my question here is um, 
like, did you start out feeling confident or has that grown <laughs> or have you always kind of felt secure with like how you can help clients and what you could refer out on or has that grown over time? Oh my gosh. I still deal with that. Like imposter syndrome. Like I don't know enough to help people <laughs> probably every day to be honest with you, but it's definitely improved and it's definitely improved just with practice. Like I'm forever grateful to, you know, that first handful of clients, all my clients, but that first handful of clients who kind of like took a chance on me in the beginning, um, paid me money. Like my very first client, you know, to, to, that they trusted me to help them. Cause definitely when I got started, like, I don't know, we didn't get a lot of, I wish there was like more of like a clinical mentorship involved in the schooling we took. Like, I don't know if CSNN has anything like that, but like, we were never taught how to practice. So I was kind of just like, not making it up as I went, but like kind of, right? Like I just had to took what I learned in school and kind of figure it out. And it was really nerve wracking. I was definitely like very like tentative and um, conscientious of not recommending things that I wasn't confident in. But, you know, as anything with practice, like I've grown so much more confident in my clinical skills um, and as a business owner, but it's still something that I I think I'll probably always to some capacity um, feel like I don't I don't know enough or, um, and not as far along as this person and that person. And that's, you know, it's hard to kind of put your blinders on and just focus on, on you. Um, but yeah, it's definitely grown both even, and I've done like other certifications and courses and stuff since I studied at IHN as well, which I think was helpful for me to continue learning and feel more comfortable in like the types of recommendations that I could make to clients and stuff. Um, but yeah, practice, 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 practice is yeah such a great way to grow. Right. Yeah, I just want to take a second to say I also really struggle with imposter syndrome on mm-hmm. a daily basis. So you're not alone there. And I think so many of us feel that way. And I think you're you're totally right. You hit the nail on the head where it's like showing up, doing the work, helping people, kind of gaining that confidence. It just takes time. It takes commitment to the yeah. skill. It takes, it takes like kind of building that muscle. And something I did, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've done this. I'm I'm curious, but um, kind of early on, what I would do is like um, screenshot or save like any kind of client wins and put them in a little folder. So those days where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't help anyone. <laughs> I'll just like go there and like, it kind of helps boost my spirit a little bit. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Like, let's be real here. I am helping. This is just a, just a momentary feeling. Um, but I, I definitely have been there and understand that. So I, <laughs> I appreciate you being honest. Cause I think so many yeah. that, um, I was curious if you can, oh. Just for a second, share, um, you mentioned like you've done a few more um, programs or certifications to kind of like help you with that learning and um, help you with being able to support your clients more. What would be like your favorite um, program or certification that you've taken kind of like post nutrition school? Yeah. um, Yeah. When I did that program at IHN, um, because I came from such a sort of a relevant background in architecture, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this one year program. If I love it, I know that's the direction I want to go. If I hate it, at least I can fall back on architecture. And obviously I've ended up going this way. So it was always my intention to continue getting other certifications and doing more schooling and stuff after IHN. Um, I just want to say like, I don't know if that's necessary for everyone, to be honest. Like for me, that's just what I wanted to do. Um, I know a lot of people can, and like maybe I'm guilty of this a little bit too, but feel like they need to get additional schooling in order to do their job. Well, I don't think that's true at all. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to like branch out, get different perspectives on, um, you know, the field from, from different institutions and different, um, 
like schools and stuff. So I just completed a certification at FDN. So functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. It's a mouthful. Um, that was really cool. Uh, that was more, um, focused on how to use like functional testing to like take a really investigative approach. Um, and it's kind of like a metabolic first, like whole body metabolic first approach to health. So that was really cool and very different than, um, what I did at IHN. And then I've taken some con ed courses in more specialized things. So I think like once you start to figure out what your niche is, um, and get really clear on the type of either like health concerns you want to help with or, um, types of people you want to work with. And that really affords you to seek out continuing education programs that are more tailored to what you do. Right. So I took a really cool course on the Dutch test, but it was focused on, um, like stress hormones, which is a really big part of the work that I do with clients. So like, I loved that because it was totally tailored to my niche, like the type of work that I want to do with clients. Um, yeah, it was a great like supplement to the education that I got from IHN. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I have my eyeballs on like a ton of other programs I'll probably do over the years, but, um, <laughs> <Lifelong> learner. <laughs> yeah, no, I just love it. But for some people, like, yeah, I don't want anyone listening to feel like you have to do that in order to be a good clinician or practitioner. It's, just, um, yeah, I think it just depends on like what you want to do in your practice. And, um, do you want to do testing? Do you not want to do testing? What do you want to specialize in? Are there courses like, I don't know if you're focused on prenatal nutrition or something like, are there courses you can take that are more geared towards that to help just like, um, yeah, like round out the type of support that you can give to your clients. You know, there's like so many different types of programs, um, and outside of nutrition, right? Like if, if you don't just want to practice nutrition or holistic nutrition, like you can get into like training or you could do like different types of like you can get like a meditation certificate. You can get like a heart math, like for HR, you know, there's so many things that you can do to kind of complement what you're able to offer. Um, yeah, it's pretty endless, but yeah. And sometimes you might I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing. Cause I think it's like a great example of like getting started and then kind of choosing the next direction direction based on kind of where you can see the business going and like what you're probably mm-hmm. having most fun doing where I think, yeah, a lot of people will just kind of take the the courses or certifications like all at the be- beginning, like front load it and then say, I'm going to try to find out what right. I like most or yeah. add them all together where I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Like, again, you know, we all learn differently, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes it's like we use that as a little bit of an excuse to get started where if you get started, you have that gift then of like, oh, this piece is missing. Or I love like every time I talk to my clients about like meditation, for example, then like maybe that's something I'm really interested in. But you kind of don't know until you put yourself out there and and really learn. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that makes you, um, because it's a pretty saturated space, right? Even within specific niches, like there's a lot of practitioners out there, especially in the last, you know, decade plus. But um, I think yeah, once you get clear on the type of people that you want to work with, like getting, and again, you don't have to, but if you want to, like getting more um, specifications or different um, modalities or whatever that can really like make you stand out from um, competitors too, I think, right? And again, that's just if you if you want to and if you're able to, but um, 
yeah, there's so much to learn. <laughs> yeah. I know, which is so fun. <laughs> Always. To, I'm totally that person too, where I like to like pick new things up. And I, I used to really think like, why do I kind of like get so excited and like, want to like learn something new and then maybe not like follow it through to the end, but like, you know, have that initial just like excitement to try different things. And I always saw it as like such a negative thing about my personality. And then I can't remember if it was like another practitioner I worked with or, or somebody at some point, like, bestowed the wisdom of like, but that's part of your personality is to have that excitement. And that's what keeps your energy up. So I think it's like really knowing yourself to Mm -hmm. know kind of like, do I need to be a lifelong learner to, you know, constantly evolve and feel excited about the work I'm doing? Or maybe I just need this one comprehensive program and that's going to carry me through years and years. Maybe I'm the type of person who dedicates a lot of time to one thing. And then that carries me through. So I think it's like, again, just running a business is like the biggest personal development you could, I think, ever do or one of the things that would be the most personal development. So like really just like knowing yourself and honing in on like, what do I like? Like what, who am I interested in helping? Like, is this making me excited? And and you being a burnout, you know, coach specifically, like (laughs) is this bringing me joy and excitement? Is this burning me out? Like, I'm pretty sure like we need to always be like looking at that in our business to see if we're still aligned to like that maybe initial vision we had when we started. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, side note, are you into human design? Are you a manifesting generator? Are you a I'm, manifesting I'm a generator. generator. <laughs> oh, you're a generator. Okay. Are I'm you a manifesting generator? Yeah, I think I knew yeah, that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're like notorious apparently for being like, having a million and one things on the go and like having our hands in all these different pots and stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe I probably but, have yeah. like a little bit of that. <laughs> I think generate, for those of you listening who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Human design is kind of like the Enneagram or um, Myers-Briggs. It's like a different version of, I guess, like a personality test, but it's based on your mm-hmm. birth date and some other factors. And um, so generator, I don't know <laughs> as much about manifesting. So maybe you could speak to that, but generator is the type of person who um, you really like respond, like based on like what excites you. So if anybody's noticed, like if you ever follow me on social media, sometimes I'll be like, do you want to learn more about this thing? Yes or no. Or tell me what you want to learn about because my kind of design is to respond to what all of you love, mm-hmm. which is why I love communicating with my community where someone might have a different human design and maybe that's not the style of learning. So again, it's just learning yourself and what works totally. and what doesn't work. And, um, knowing that there's no wrong way to do business. I think, I feel like I've been saying that so much lately, but it's really true. It's like, you know, there's definitely like, um, strategies and formats and things you can follow, but there's no wrong way. And and that's Mm -hmm. what people are really going to see at the end of the day. Cause like you said, there's, you know, sorry to say a million (laughs) gut health nutritionists (laughs) out there, but what makes me a special is going to be different from, you know, the other person out there. Have you kind of found maybe what, you do do differently or like why people seem to be attracted to you? Have you been able to kind of nail that down? <laughs> it's so funny you ask that because um, I'm currently developing uh, a program. I think it's going to be a course that I'm going to have ready in a couple months. And what I'm really trying to nail down is, is just that <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to, there's even like, like an exercise that's like, okay, what makes like my offer and my method stand out and stuff? Um, I don't know. I hate to say that it's like, I hate to say that it's just me because I feel like anyone can say that, uh, you know, obviously we're all totally different people and someone might resonate with me as a person versus somebody else. But, um, I think in terms of the way that I practice, and I don't know if it's truly only myself that does this, I'm sure it's not, but 
Um, I know a lot of people try to, well, a lot of people do hone in on taking a root cause approach, right? I think a lot of us in the holistic space are trying not to just slap band-aids on symptoms and we're really trying to um, help people get long-term sustainable results. That's definitely like a very prevalent part of the work that I do. But I think we're like, I try to be, I try to really, really meet my clients where they're at. And I try to take a really like practical, approachable, long-term approach to the type of work that I do. And I was even just chatting about, or I was chatting with one of my one-on-one clients last week and um, we just had our initial intake session together. So we just did, um, yeah, like our, our preliminary appointment. And she said, she was like, I'm so excited about your method because it feels like it's something that I can do and take action on. And that's so important to me because I'm, I mean, I like, I like always default in calling myself such a busy person with a million and one things on the go. And uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. And I don't never want this work to feel like it's more work for, for people. Right. So I, I really take pride in trying to make it feel really like as easy as possible for people. So I think that's like a big area of focus. And what I talk about a lot when I'm like marketing myself is um, just trying to, yeah, like meet my clients where they're at and, and be really practical and approachable in the type of work I do. You know, I don't do a bunch of like crazy diets or restrictive things or like super intense protocols, unless, you know, we need to, in some cases, like, I think I do a lot of really foundational, um, foundational stuff. So yeah, I don't know if that makes me totally different. I'm still like working (laughs) on that. (laughs) Well, I think Um, it has a lot to do with you. I mean, every time when I'm working with a one-on-one business coaching client, I have them do market research around their niche. Mm. And I always come have them come up with examples of like practitioners that they really love or inspire them. And you are usually on that list, I will say, <laughs> for almost everyone. And I'm like, Aww. oh, I know exactly why she's on that list. Aww. Like, And I think it really does just come back to the person that you are and and showing that, right? And getting comfortable on video or getting comfortable in some kind of like mode where maybe it's like blogging and really like showing your personality on the blog or YouTube or whatever it is to put yourself out there. But that is usually what people are are buying. They're buying you as the coach. They're not necessarily buying like, your, well, this one particular client said, I really like your approach, but that approach could maybe be done by another coach. Totally. Yep. Know, yep. So that people need to know who you are and and that's really mm-hmm. become that full package and you get that, you know, booked out practice is when people really can resonate with you and they, they can trust you. I think it's a big thing yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, okay. I'm so flattered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm a big fan. So <laughs> I will sing your praises forever. I think you're amazing. And you've done so many amazing things. I mean, again, just like it's mind blowing to me that it's only been a couple of years in your business. Like you have such a huge future ahead of you, just knowing you and how much energy you put into your work. And I'm excited for your new chorus that's upcoming. Hi. Um, I guess that's the next thing that you're kind of focusing a lot of your attention on. Yeah, I'm definitely at a point where I'm ready to, because right now the only way that I work with clients is with this program that I've developed. So it's a four month, pretty high touch, pretty um, like high tier program. Like it's not the most affordable thing for a lot of people. So um, I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I need to develop an offer um, that can, that's a little lighter on people's wallets, less of a time commitment. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited. I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet. Like whether it'll be, a course or a group I'm kind of leaning towards a course. Um, yeah, that'll definitely be like a much lower price point than my one-on-one work. So that's in the works next, just so I have another offer for people who 
yeah, my one-on-one might not be appropriate for, they might not like that, that method or whatever, might not be able to afford it. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then this free resource that's been like on my to-do list, on my to-do list, I'm like so close to, <laughs> to being done, but I've been like so squirrely lately. Like mm-hmm. I'm like working on my course, working on my freebie. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm just trying to get one thing done at a time. But um, yeah, so that's in the works for this fall, which is really exciting. And hopefully it'll be a little bit more, I know nothing's ever passive, but it'll be something that's a little bit more hands-off obviously than my one-on-one work, which will be really nice from a business perspective to have um, something like that. So yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's definitely, I think once you, you have that framework in place, my understanding or my belief is like, it definitely makes sense to have these different levels of offers in your business and um, to free up some of your time, but also to help more people, right? Because like you said, it might be the price point of your one-on-one might not be accessible to everyone, but you really still want to share the message. So to add something a little bit, yeah, quote unquote, passive in, um, as we know that it does take a little bit more work than that, but, you know, (laughs) just to have something that's there that can sell maybe at a different price point, I think. Exactly. Super smart and, and can help your, um, you you know, relieve some of the time, maybe, um, in, in session time that you're spending with clients right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just having like, from again, like the business side of things, like the only way really that I make money is through my my one-on-one work. So just to like, I'm slowly trying to start building like my revenue streams in different areas. So I'm excited from, yeah, like a, a business owner versus a clinician, like just to have more, hopefully financial stability in that way as well, just to um, diversify a little bit. So yeah, Yeah. it'll be good. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I can't wait. I think that's definitely the next, the next step for you. So before we wrap up, can you just give like a one minute breakdown of like what your schedule kind of looks like on a daily or weekly basis? Like if you have certain days for certain things or how you kind of even just organize yourself? Yeah. I love my schedule. I'm like a Google calendar person (laughs) on my calendar. It just don't happen. Um, yeah, I think pretty early days I started doing what I do now. So I, I only see clients, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have my client days. Um, I usually have availability like till seven thirty, eight o'clock at night sometimes. Cause I do have a number of clients in different time zones and stuff where, um, seeing me in the evening is the only way that they can work with me. So currently I'm working Tuesday through Thursday into the evenings. And then my Mondays and my Fridays are much lighter days. I generally don't do calls unless it's something like this. Um, so that's my kind of like admin days, usually Mondays, like planning for the week, getting my marketing material kind of set up for the week. And then Fridays are kind of like catch all admin um, catching up on any like client protocols and stuff that I have to develop. And then what I started doing this year, and I haven't been doing it over the summer cause I've been on vacation a lot, but, um, I started taking the week, the last week of every month I booked completely. Like I don't, I don't take any clients or I wasn't taking any clients. So that whole week I used as kind of like an integration week in my business. And that's where I would do like all my content for the month. I would, mm-hmm work on any projects. I would, um, focus on any like collaborations and stuff. So I took that week every month to like really focus on like in-house business stuff, um, which worked so well. (laughs) And then I stopped doing it over the summer just because I, I like, I took a few holidays and stuff. So I didn't want to take like so much time away from clients. Um, but that was 
probably not suitable for everybody to take like a whole week off seeing clients, but it worked so well for me because I got so much done that week. And then it totally freed up my client space for the other three weeks of the month. So, um, I'm going to start doing that again come September. So that's yeah, worked super well for me. I love that. I'm like, Hmm. Can I that <laughs> mine? If you, yeah. If you can swing it, it like, uh, cause I don't know something like on my, my Mondays in my calendar, like I have like two hours ish set aside for content for the week, but like, sometimes I'm just not in the mood or it just doesn't happen that day. So having a full week where it's just working on my business, I got so much done and then it freed up all that time in the month for my client work. So I don't know, it worked. I, it took a lot of experimentation to kind of land on that. Um, but it really, really worked for me. Um, yeah. That's cool. I might have to try it out. And I, I yeah. think, when, you know, people need these different perspectives on how a schedule can look like, because it's not going to look the same for everyone. You know, some people work part-time, some work full-time, mm-hmm. some have children, you know, so many different needs. So it's nice to kind of see that you're prioritizing like what you need in your business and what works best for you. So, yeah. And I think being open to change, like what, so when I, the first year I started my business, like I finally quit my job last June. So it's been just over a year that I've been full-time in my business. Um, but for that first year, I was working 20 hours a week at the architecture firm. Um, so I was doing, you know, whatever that was like nine till three or nine till two or something every day. And then I'd be working on my business from like two or three until like late into the evenings for like a year. And then once I quit, I like shifted my schedule. So, um, yeah, I think you just have to like experiment, see what works for you and your clients. And yeah, makes sense. So much flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Well, to wrap up, um, what would be one thing in your business you can't live without? I'd love to know. <laughs> one thing in my business I can't live without. Um, like honestly, probably practice better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my business would look like without <laughs> practice better. I like I've automated everything that you can imagine being automated. Like I've like really dove deep into making my practice better work for me. And I think it lends itself to such a beautiful client experience. Um, yeah. And I can't imagine what my practice would look like in terms of like the onboarding process, the whole experience, the offboarding process without using it. Um, so I really highly recommend to anybody. I know it's one of your favorites too, but yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't use it in my practice cause it wasn't around at the time, but it was yeah. like, and I would a thousand percent be seeing nutrition. So thank you for, <laughs> thank you for that. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay. Last off, tell everyone where they can find you. Tell us about your program, maybe share your Instagram or your freebies if you like. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, currently my business name is wise and wonder. So that's my take everywhere, like on socials, my website's wise and Um, yeah, I have like freebies on there. I have my blog on there. Um, and then I have, if you're like looking to like, if you're listening to this and you're looking to develop a program or have an idea of what that could look like as an offer, I'm obsessed with my program. It's like my baby. I feel like I've like slowly been improving it, you know, over the last couple of years. So, um, I have a one-on-one program. That's a four month program called the gut restore method. And I've developed, uh, kind of like a framework or a process, I guess, that I bring all of my clients through. Um, yeah, so that you can go on like my work with me page and it's on there, but it's, um, yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's definitely been like a labor of love and I've like slowly developed it as I brought clients through it. But, um, yeah, I've seen such incredible results in, in offering something like this versus just one-off individual sessions. 
Um, so I'd highly recommend that to anybody too, who's like just getting started is thinking about how they can develop some sort of program, whether it's one-on-one or otherwise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great for them to be able to look and kind of get some ideas or perhaps um, I know even a lot of people who listen to the podcast are still students and are even looking um, for their own health to work with a practitioner. Oh, amazing. So, you know, um, I'm sure that program would be a good fit or even for people to refer out to your program. You know, I know that you put so much love and care into your into your work and you're such a professional. So I'm sure if anyone's looking for a gut health um, nutritionist, uh, you can always refer over to Mia. So I'm sure you'd be happy to get the referrals too. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll make sure to put all of those links in the show notes if you want to check those out, everybody. And just thanks again, Mia. This was so fun. I could probably talk to you for well, I know. Talk for hours, <laughs> but on the podcast, we will spare everybody and um and leave it there. But I would love to have you on again. Perhaps maybe we could talk yeah. about your signature program at some point and how you develop that. Cause I think that's something everybody's okay. interested in. So we'll definitely have you on again. But in that. the meantime, thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, this was amazing. And like you said, I could just chat with you for hours. And you like, I know you mentioned this kind of at the top of the call, but you've been so instrumental in. I don't even remember how we met to be totally honest with you. But like, when I think back to like my early days, like it's always like, you've been there such a big support for me. And like, you're always someone that I feel like I've been confiding in over this, you know, journey so far. So just thank you so much, Steph. Cause it's, yeah, you've been such a huge help like along the way. So, um, yeah, thank you. Oh, right back at you. You're so helpful to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Mia. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds good stuff. <laughs> Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.